again, Genesis chapter 37. Uh, we're going to start from verse 1, and today we're going to stop at verse 11. This tells us right here, and starting at verse 1, Jacob lived in the land of his father's sojourning, in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was pastoring the flock with his brothers. He was a boy with the sons of Bilhah and Zippah, his father wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to their father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any other of his sons because he was the son of his old age. And he had made, he made him a robe of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. Look at verse five. Now Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, hear this dream that I have dreamed. Behold, we are binding sheaves in the field. And behold, my sheaf arose and stood up upright and behold, your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. His brother said to him, are you indeed to reign over us? Or are you indeed to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dream and for his words. Look at verse nine. Then he dreamed another dream and told it to his brothers and said, behold, I have dreamed another dream. Behold, the sun, the moon, the eleven stars were bound to me. But when he told it to his father and to his brothers, his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall I and your mother and your brothers indeed come to bow ourselves to this ground before you? And his brothers were jealous of him. But his father kept the saying in mind. Let me pray for us and see what the Lord has for us here in these, in these verses here today. Our Father God, Lord, we come to the preaching of the word at this time. Lord, we ask you to go before us. Um, Lord, let your word dwell in us richly. Let your word, Lord, guide us at this time, Lord. Even for myself, Lord, let me preach your word, what's in this text. If it's not in your text, Lord, it's not expounding upon this test, Lord. Let me not say it at all. Lord, your people, Lord, are longing for your word. So, Lord, let's, Lord, we ask you, Lord, to give it to them here at this time. Give them your word. And let all of us, Lord, as we leave this place today, Lord, we can say God has given us a word here today. So, Lord, we ask you to bless us at this time. Let us see, Lord, your glory in this passage. Because every verse, Lord, point to you. Every verse in the scripture, Lord, point to you. So, Lord, we ask you, Lord, to give it to us here today. In Christ, let me pray. Amen. It is um, one of the Maya favorite rappers. I don't know if it's a favorite rapper. A guy named Waka Flocka. He had a song called, Why Are They Hating On Me? It goes like this. He said, I got a new chain. Now they hating on me. I bought a new watch. Now they hating on me. I got a new car. Now they hating on me. I signed a new record deal. Now they hating on 
me. It is so tempting for all of us to approach Genesis 37 this particular way. Verse 1 through 11 that we just read, like Waka Flocka. That people in this world is hating on us because of the same reason they are hating on Waka Flocka. Waka Flocka had a better watch, they hated on him. He had a better car, they hated on him. Sometimes in life, we feel like this is the approach. We have things better, people hate on us. We can be true at times. People can dislike us for having things that they don't want us to have. Today is going to sound very similar to in the life of Joseph and his brothers. But let me encourage you this morning. Everybody listen to this. Let me encourage you that the root of the hate will be not finding total satisfaction in the Lord. That's the root of the hate. So keep that in mind as we walk through this text together. A lot of times we're going to see the comparing difference. This brother got this. This brother don't have this. So the hate is there. But I would say the root of the hate is not finding satisfaction in the Lord. Amen. But before I get right into what we're going to talk about with this hate, look at verses 1 and 2. It's kind of more briefly like I'm introducing a passing on the torch here. Jacob lived in the land of his father sojourn, which is the land of Canaan. These are a generation of Jacob. Most likely, Jacob's father sojourn was Mamre, right? The same place is called Hebron. But Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were given this entire land of Israel. But it still wasn't occupied just by Abraham's family. We remember the Hivites are still there. The Canaanites are still there. The Hittites are still in this land. The Jebusites and many other groups are still in this land. I didn't even mention the Philistines are there. So these tribes are comfortable in the land. So Jacob was just a sojourner throughout this land at this time. And later we will learn about how Israel is going to conquer this land and they're going to receive this land. All the different Hamites tribes, the Jebusites, the Hivites, they'll be conquered during the actual conquering of Joshua. But for now, Jacob and his family will continue to move around throughout Israel. One minute they will be in the land that's closer to the Jebusites, and they will be in the land that's closer to the, the Hivites, which we learned a couple weeks ago. They are sojourning in different places in this land right now, but they don't totally occupy the land. That's kind of the backdrop of what's happening today in the life of Joseph. Is that they were promised this land and now they're still surging and hanging around this land. It's like, when will God give us this land? And remember this. This land points to something greater. You guys remember Genesis 3.15 that the, the head of this serpent is going to be crushed by this woman. So within this land, the one that's going to come up out of this land is going to be the redeemer of his people. He's going to be the one that's going to secure the land for his people. He's going to redeem his people. He's going to bring in a kingdom for his people. And so this backdrop of sojourning the land is going to bring about a savior that's going to come out of this land. That's going to bring in a, a new land. It's going to bring about a new people in the midst of this. So it's kind of the backdrop that's happening. But if we can name it in three points, I mean two points today, I would say in this message, we're going to see that Joseph hated because his father loved him. The second thing we're going to see, Joseph hated because the dream, he had the dreams. If I could title this, it's that Joseph, why so much hate? 
Joseph, why so much hate? So we see here in verse 2, Joseph, the son of Rachel. If you notice in this story, Joseph, that is, that is nothing bad is mentioned about Joseph in the next few chapters. Joseph is going to point us to Christ in so many different ways in his life. We don't hear any failures about Joseph. Joseph will show us what it means to be hated by ones that are called to love. They're called to love him. People are going to be jealous of Joseph. But also we know this has happened to Jesus. Jesus who was perfect, who existed in eternity past with the Father, came and was mistreated. He was hated by the ones he came to save. So Joseph was hated by the ones who were called to love him. So the life of Joseph would prepare us of the life of Jesus. Joseph was not Jesus. Joseph was not a better Jesus, anything. Joseph points us to Jesus. Joseph is human, right? Yes. But Joseph's life points us to one that would come and be the perfect one. Amen. So again, the life of Joseph would prepare us for how Jesus would be treated. So as we learn about Joseph, we will also learn about the treatment of Christ. So remember that all scriptures point to Jesus, even in the life of Joseph we're getting introduced today. And also since faithful Joseph was mentioned here and how he was faithful, we're going to find that Christ was way more faithful than Joseph. And also family, for those who are in Christ, those are believers, those are part of the family of Christ, family will be treated as Joseph was treated as well. So Joseph, the son of Rachel, it tells it right here, the, the son of, um, by him being the son of Rachel, being 17 years old, that Joseph now was the oldest son of Rachel. Rachel's youngest son was Benjamin. Rachel was actually the favorite wife, actually, of Jacob. So Joseph was one that was considered to be the one that was working. He was working as a shepherd. He was pastoring the flock with his brothers. Pastoring, pastoring uh, would be taking like the livestock to, to, to graze the land, to make sure the animals are cared for. Anything that was needed with the animals, the actual, the shepherd would make sure the animals was given. So with a big flock, sometimes you need help. And that's why it tells us right here, Joseph was actually pastoring the flock with his brothers. Not only any brothers, it said with the sons of Bilhah and Zippah was there. Bilhah and Zippah, you guys remember, were the maidservants, actually, of Jacob Wives, Leah and Rachel. Not sure why Leah's kids wasn't mentioned here. But it could have been possibly that Leah children, which Jacob's other wife, they were asking, pastoring the flock some other place. So maybe Jacob had different sets of flocks. One flock, Leah's sons was caring for. One side of the flock, Bilhah and Zippah and Asher Rachel was caring for. We don't know exactly why Leah boys are not mentioned. But we see who was mentioned though, Bilhah and Zippah. Is actually mentioned. So what did Jacob do in this? I mean, Joseph do. As Joseph was passing the flock, he's coming back home to share with Jacob some bad news about his brothers. 
One person explains this in Joseph's responsibility. It said, Joseph here said, oversight dealing with pastoring and shepherding the flock. Oversight and, and superintend, uh, superintendents is eventually implied. This post of chief shepherd in the party might be assigned him either from his being the son of a principal wife or from his own superior qualities of character. And if invested with this office, he acted not as a gossiping telltale, but as a faithful steward when reporting the scandalous conduct of his brother. So gave, Joseph gave oversight for his father. He was like his, in his father's place, making sure everybody was doing what they're supposed to do. Same thing we see with Jesus in the life of the disciples, right? He's caring for the disciples. And when they're not doing what they're supposed to do, Jesus called them out on it. Joseph's acting like Christ in this with high integrity. That brothers, you're not doing what our father called us to do. Brother, you're not obedient to this. Today, we would call Joseph a snitch, right? What does it say? Stitches get stitches? Is that how y'all say it? Right? Yeah. But he was actually trustworthy by his father to let him know the thing wasn't, that wasn't approved. So this one, that was different. So Joseph saw something out of order. Joseph reported it. This was different from Adam and Eve in the garden, isn't it? Some was out of something was in the garden that, that was actually teaching something contrary to what God has called them to do. That's serpent, right? And Eve has the opportunity with a high integrity to say, hey, get away here. For Eve to go to her husband and trust her husband to come and help her at this time. But we see that Eve didn't give that report. Joseph gave to report that something was out of order. So what happened with Adam and Eve in the garden, they, they actually sinned against God and they hid themselves before God. But what Joseph, he went right away to make things right. He didn't linger. He did not linger. Joseph teaches us what it means to have, a high, have integrity. As brothers and sisters in Christ, we must walk with type of this type of integrity. We must not let sin get just swept under the rug. Because if we sweep sin up under the rug, eventually it will sprout up through the rug. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that before. We had a, on our back doorstep, we had a little rug and we had it on top of the grass and all of a sudden, weeks and weeks pass by. Next thing you know, we see sprouts of grass going through that rug. Family, we cannot let sin be swept on the road. That's why scripture says clearly, calling out sin. Call not these things. If you don't believe me, Galatians 6 1. Brother, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spiritual gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Amen. 1 Timothy 5 20. As for those who persist in sin, we boot them in the presence of all, so that the rest may stand in fear. Amen. James 5, 19 and 20. My brother, anyone among you wonders from the truth, and someone brings him back. Let him know that whoever brings that back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover most of the sin. 
Luke 17, 3. Pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. Last one, I can mention we can go all day with this. 1 Corinthians 5, 12. For what have I to do with judging outsiders? It is not those inside the church whom you are to judge. If we don't follow the pattern of Joseph, we will be tempted. Many will go to hell. People, will, people won't stand in fear. People will continue in their sins. It's bigger than not wanting to offend others. It's bigger than not wanting to offend others. We then miss the opportunity to encourage them back into the truth. And sometimes it hurts. And sometimes it hurts when, when calling those out on sin. Right? Sometimes it comes back and bites you. It happens. Sometimes people don't want to hear the truth. And they'll turn around and use it back against you. So Joseph shared with his father the bad news and possibly relating to, I mean, what is relating to the brothers here and caring for the flock. And he did it with all integrity. It's a family who must live out the Christian life with integrity. And sometimes it might be hurt. It might be hurtful. A family, a soul being saved is greater, right? A soul has been saved. A prayer, a soul that has been reconciled to Christ. A soul that has been redeemed in Christ. It's better, right? It might be hard. It might be some friction during that time. It might be kind of weird being around that person for a while. It, it might, they might call it, all those things might happen, but family, it's a spiritual battle. So Joseph had high integrity. But also we know Joseph was the older, he was the son that the father loved with his high integrity here. So Joseph was, he was storing the things for his father. And what did the father do? Because he loved the son. The father made him a robe with many colors. That's the most thing that a lot of kids love is Joseph's robe, right? With different colors. A lot of times we see that's rainbow colors. A robe signified as royalty at this time. So Joseph, I mean, so Joseph was given this robe as in royalty. None of his other brothers got this robe. So he was considered now in a sense of superiority at times because he having this robe. It was nicely made by his father. And his father loved him. But his, but his brothers did not. So getting his robe didn't help out at all with the brothers. They just further revealed the hearts of the brothers. The brothers forgot so quickly of the promise given to the family. Think about it. These 12 brothers were, were given the promise of a land. They were given all these promises, right? They forgot the testimony of Abraham, how God brought Abraham from the land of Chaldeans. They have forgotten how God had promised them a land of people in the kingdom. They wanted the father's love to be strictly on them and not Joseph. Y'all stick with me. This heart of not finding satisfaction in the wisdom of the Lord is seen here. God has shared the many great things that he has promised to them, but it's still not enough for them. It's still not enough. 
God has promised what he's going to give to them, but it's not enough for them. They still hate their brother. Just for a moment, can we relate to this? Can, can we relate to this? When we hear about someone getting married, right? When we hear about someone going to med school, someone that has a lot of friends, someone that just bought a house or got approved for a house, do you at a moment start comparing yourself to them? If so, the root of that is what happened in the Garden of Eden. God gave Adam and Eve the greatest one they ever could get in a garden. Yeah, the garden was nice and beautiful. But the best thing about the garden was God was in the garden. That God walked with them in the garden. They had access to God. As he walked with them in the garden, they had everything in his garden, right? God walked with them in his garden. His garden was called Eden, meaning pleasurable. And what was so pleasurable about this garden? It was God. But look what happened when the serpent appeared. He encouraged Eve to question if God truly loved her or them. That she needs to be God herself to find out what God is holding her back from. One minute she had God in the garden, the serpent comes in and said, it's more to what God is telling you that's in his garden. Eve, you need to check for yourself. It's something that's greater that God is holding you back from. Check for yourself. Eve wasn't convinced over time that what God has was enough for her. That garden was enough for her. She wasn't convinced. Eventually, as the serpent kept messing with her, messing with her, messing with her, then eventually Eve, her affection now considered the things of the serpent now saying that, wow, God is holding things back from me in the garden, that it could be something else greater out here. Let me see what else out here because what God has is not enough. The same law that Eve bought into is the same law we buy into today. The same law we inherit today. We compare ourselves to others because we aren't satisfied in what the Lord has given to us. Amen. The brothers of Joseph, they are given the promises what God has described in the scripture that they're going to get a land. They're going to be a mighty people. All of these things that they have, so they're more than loved by God, but for them, that's not enough. So what is them? What they're going to do is that they're going to despise their brother. And they're going to hate their brother. Look at point number two. How are we going to see this displayed even fully? Now we're going to see, fully we're going to see is that now Joseph is going to describe two dreams here. It's going to further into describe this hate that's coming from his brothers. The dream number one, we will see that Joseph will reign over his brothers. Look in verse five through seven. Now Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, hear this dream that I have dreamed. Behold, we are binding sheaves in the field, and behold, my sheep arose and stood upright. And behold, your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheep. Again, we see this imagery that is given about sheaves. Sheaves is given because they would know what sheaves are. They are farmers, right? So this dream right here God has given to Jacob is something that they can relate to. 
And they know exactly what Jacob is getting, I mean, Joseph is getting to within the dream. He keeps saying Jacob and Joseph. So the first dream was told to Jacob's brother, and they hated him. Hate is the same word that would be used by God and how God felt about idols throughout the rest of the scriptures. So the brothers hated Joseph deeply after hearing this dream. There's bundles of sheaves. Sheaves are like grain, right? Grain can sometimes be corn, be wheat. Uh, it can be many things. And when you put it all together, you make bundles out of it. And then become the sheaves when you put it all together. So Joseph's sheaf bundle, right? arose out of nowhere and stood upright. But the rest of the sheaves, which were actually lined up before him, were bound down to this one sheaf. And the brothers, they didn't take any time because they're farmers. They interpreted right away. They interpreted very quickly. Look in verse 8 again. His brother said to him, Are you indeed to reign over us? Are you indeed to rule over us? So the brothers didn't waste any time to find something else to not like their brother about. Now we see again, we see the woman in the seat of the serpent here now. In the past, the seat of the serpent and the woman, right? Sometimes it was Cain versus Abel, we felt like it was. Then sometimes it was Noah versus the world. Then another time we saw Abraham versus that time we saw with uh, um, Abraham uh, versus, say, or Abraham and Sarah versus Hagar. We, we, we see these type of battle, this back and forth. But now we're going to see it now with Joseph and his brothers now. Joseph's one with integrity, despised by his brothers for doing the right thing. And this is what happened again when I mentioned about Jesus. So people have been hating on each other for a long time throughout history, ever since the fall. But I believe, again, the root of the hate in this first dream is it's the reckless forgetting of the love that can only come from the Lord. No, how, no matter how much love Jacob has for Joseph, yes, the father loved his son. Jacob loved Joseph, his son. It would never compare to the love that can only come from Jesus. I grew up with a wonderful father. I love my dad. But my dad's love doesn't compare for the love that Jesus had for me. So for those that's in this room that didn't grow up with a father, or didn't grow up with a guardian, it is a love out there that is way better than the earthly love. There's a father in heaven, his son, his son, Jesus, that gives love towards his people that no earthly father can give. So family in this room, you are loved more than enough by the Lord for those that are in Christ. The brothers of Joseph wanted the love from the father more than they wanted the love from the Lord. So family, when we push away the Lord love for someone else love, we come hopeless when those we desire to love us a certain way don't fulfill those certain desires. When our expectation is not met by a spouse 
When our expectations are not met by our earthly figure, we get discouraged, we get hopeless. Family, that's idolatry. That's idolatry when we put an expectation that only God can meet. God is the only one can truly love us away perfectly. Nothing else in this world can do it the way God can do it. Yes, we should want others to love us. We love our spouses. But it's a dollar when we go to, to those places to fulfill what only what God can fulfill. The love from Christ is greater love than we can achieve. So what it's saying right here about the brothers in the dream, the brothers are hating their brother. The brothers are, are given the promises already of God. They are more than well cared for. But since they're not getting their way in this particular moment, now they want to put God to the curve to pretty much fulfill the desires of the flesh. We see this in the second dream. Look at the second dream. Joseph's family would bow to him. In verses 9 and 10. Then he dreamed another dream and told it to his brothers and said, Behold, I have dreamed another dream. Behold, the sun, the moon, the eleven stars were bowing down to me. But when he told it to his father and his brothers, his father rebuked him. So the second dream Joseph shares is very similar to the first dream. <laughs> so I guess the Lord is going to be clear that this is going to happen. Now, this dream deals with a sun, it deals with a moon. And they deal with 11 stars. Kids, do you guys ever see stars outside at night? At the same time, Joseph and his brothers, as being shepherds, they was able to see the stars at night and the moon at night. A lot of times, they was able to be guided by night, be able to look and see where the sun, where the moon was at, for them to know what direction to go. So they were very, <coughs> excuse me, They'll be very familiar with astrology, the sun, the moon, and the stars. So this time, Jacob was considered to be the sun. The mother, which would be considered the moon, and the 11 stars would be represented as the brothers. So the star, the sun, and the moon, they all bow down to Joseph in this dream. And this time again, Jacob rebuked him. And he said to him, what is the dream that you have dreamed? Shall I and your mother and your brothers indeed come bow to bow ourselves to the ground before you? I'm pretty sure the brothers were like, Dad, I told you about him. You should have waited before you gave him that jacket. I told you he was up to something, Father. I'm pretty sure the brother at this time was like, Father, I told you that this brother is out of his mind. That if something is wrong with Joseph, he tells us in verse 11, and his brother were jealous of him, but his father kept the saying in mind. The brother was still jealous of Joseph. This jealousy is different from God being a jealous God. Mm. This jealousy is a brother is out of envy. 
and of lack of appreciation of what God has given to them. So God's jealousy is rooted in his perfect nature. God's jealousy is not sin. God's jealousy matches his perfect character that he's holy. Amen. So Jacob would keep in mind the dream. But the brother would now try to harm their brother. Joseph was only was there to only reveal what God has given to him. That Joseph was going to rule over his family. The brothers didn't understand this. They didn't understand what was happening right now. They saw it in the sense of that for them having to be subjected to the brother, that's all they was thinking about. They were so worldly minded. They were so worldly minded, they wasn't thinking about God, how God had brought them from. The brother don't understand now, but Joseph ruling will be the thing to actually save their lives in the future. Again, the brothers don't understand now, but Joseph ruling will be the thing to actually save their lives in the future. Family, outside the work of Christ, we will hate our big brother Jesus. Because of the gift of grace, we embrace him by the spirit. So I believe the second dream of Joseph is rooted when things doesn't work out as planned. A lot of times we want to get rid of the whole plan. No way this was going to turn out like this. We was going to get a land. We was going to get a people. We don't understand this plan. How did Joseph get brought up and get, get, get raised and get promoted to be the one that's going to rule over us? This is not part of this plan that Abraham had passed down to Isaac. Isaac had passed down to Jacob. This plan, what God has put together, doesn't make sense. So guess what? We didn't draw out our own plan and get rid of our brother. So when God doesn't make sense, let's ditch God's plan and drop another plan that makes sense for us. What makes sense for us is to get rid of our brother. So the brothers and the father didn't understand why they would have to bow down to Joseph. But it actually, again, it would say to them in the future. For us today, we don't know why people have things around us that we don't have. We don't know why. Right? Some might have more money. Some might have better cars. Some might have a spouse. Some might have degrees. It's a reason why we don't have those things. It's a reason why God doesn't give those, those things he gives to others. It's not that the Lord don't love you as much as he loved the other person. It is, it's not that this person has prayed more than you. It's not that this person has went to church more than you. But one of the reasons is because God is allowing you to see your own heart through their treasures, to other treasures. Let me say that again. A lot of times the reason why we don't have these certain things because God used those certain things to show us our own heart. 
for you to see at times in your heart that you're ungrateful. The reason why you don't have these things at times, for God to show you in your heart at times you're ungrateful, you don't appreciate the things that he already has given to you. Because if we don't see how ungrateful we are daily, we can easily grow into pride, thinking that our lives is better since we had church on Sunday. So what did God do? God uses others' possessions to expose our own heart to see we're no different from the brothers of Joseph at times. It shows that we have forgot all the things that we get in Christ. Because we thought doing all the right things for Christ should put us ahead of everybody else. Family, we must not forget God's plan. We must not forget God's plan regardless when it doesn't make sense. When the things in this world doesn't make sense, that don't mean this God's plan. He's God. His pay grade is higher than ours. He is God, and the way he does things is so past what we can understand at times. So Joseph and his brother, I mean brother with Jacob and the sons, the brothers, they didn't understand God's plan, so they wanted this God's plan, and they put it in their own hands. Family, for us, when we see things in life doesn't work the way we desire to work, we want to diss God's plan and say, well, let me go do it my way. It makes sense to me. It makes sense to me. Family, our way got us in the situation we're in now from the garden. Eve trusted herself over God and put us in his place. Adam, right, trusted himself over God. Family, we trusted ourselves, and that's why all have sinned and fell short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23. We all have sinned, but we think our way is better. Family, we must understand God's way is better. God's plan is perfect. It's no mistake. It's not a, a substitute plan. It's not a plan that he continue to change. God's plan will stem from eternity past. He's immutable. He's a God that doesn't change. God already knew what he was going to do. He knew he was going to send his son and to die for sinners from eternity past. God knew our sins. He knew we was going to rebel against him. So family, God's plan is still the same. So folks here today, enjoy the many gifts we have in the Lord. What's one of those gifts, Miss Sean? He would never leave you or forsake you. He would never, we talked about this morning, he would never cast you out, Demaya. He goes to prepare a place for us, Jerry. Those things would not change. Those things are certain. When the world turned their back on us, Jesus is the same every day, right? Every single day. We talked about it this morning. He's that same friend. Amen. That a friendship that's not based on conditions on for us. It's an unconditional, graceful plan that he has secured us in him forevermore regardless of our failure. When we fail him, that doesn't make him pull back from us. When we fail him, he draws near to us. The family, the brothers in this story got it wrong. And by them getting story wrong this plan, they're going to drop another plan. We're going to hear about it next week, Lord's willing, or the week 
after next, we'll hear about it. This next plan, now the brothers is going to do something so heinous towards their brother. Because they're thinking that now they have a better plan in this. So family, let us be careful and create new plans. Let us trust the plan that God has already prepared for us. Let's end with a couple applications here. As a believer, do you have hate in your heart at times? If so, why aren't you satisfying the love that can only come from the Lord? Write these things down. Write these things down. God's paper. Put in your phone. As a believer, do you have hate in your heart? If so, why aren't you satisfied in the Lord that he can only that be satisfied in what only can come from the Lord? Here go a few ways to remember things that the Lord has given to us for us to be satisfied in the Lord. Remember this, believers. There's some things you can do to remember. Read the Bible daily and highlight the character of God towards his covenant people. So read your Bible daily and highlight the character of God towards his covenant people. And then pray through the character trait of the Lord. And think throughout the day of that character trait of the Lord. For example, let me give you guys an example of what I'm in here. If you read about the story of Noah, you can write down a couple of characteristics you see of God in the story of Noah. God comes and comforts his people. God brings his people to safely, safely, safety. So throughout the day, you can think about those attributes. God, he comforts us. God's going to bring us safely no matter what we're going through throughout the day. So throughout the day, you can meditate that God will, will do these certain things. So the first thing, if hate is there, remember all the things that we see of God in the scriptures. Family, we have so much that God gives us. And we have God himself, ultimately. We don't have to hate on what somebody else has. Family, we have God for those in Christ. The second thing, are we living lives of integrity? We shouldn't cut corners when living for Christ. We must live with all integrity because the unbelieving world is looking to us for everything we do, looking at everything we do. We are called to honor Christ with everything. So family, live with integrity. If something is not right, we must speak truthfully about it. We must be honest about it. Number three, how do we respond? How do you respond or how do we respond when family and friends hate us? Now, this is not hate now. You owe somebody some money in your family, you ain't paying them back and they dislike you for that. That's not hate now, all right? Uh, you need to pay them back. But truthfully, for living for Christ, well, how do we respond when people hate us by living for Christ? If we respond in flesh, we damage the opportunity of evangelism. But responding in the spirit, we display a heart of Christ when we are wrong. Think about John 15, 18. If the world hates you, 
know that it has hated me before it hated you. John, I mean, Matthew 10, 22. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. Proverbs 8, 13. The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. Pride and arrogance in the way of evil, perverted speech I hate. Last one I'm gonna mention that I read earlier. If anyone says I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. Family, you will be hated for following Jesus. There's nowhere around that. Somebody gonna find something on you just to find it on you. Just so they won't have to submit to what you have to say about Jesus. That's a part about following Christ. Jesus was hated. His apostles hated. And family, by us being followed in Christ, the world will hate us at times. For you want to live a life that's honoring to Christ. But count it all joy that we get to be able to, to participate in what Christ participated in. He was hated, so we were hated. So family, count it all joy. But remember this, but one day, all hate will be put away. Amen. There'll be no more hate, there'll be no more pain, no more envy, no more jealousy. All sin will be destroyed forevermore. Look forward to that day for those in Christ. Let me pray. I got a couple people blinked at me. I think we're out of time.